Heavenly Father, we thank you for September 1st. We ask you to counsel us, Lord. We ask you to guide us. We're in a desert, Lord, and we need your help. We ask you for your help. We ask you for your presence. We ask you for your water. We ask you, Father in heaven, for the spring of life that dwells inside of us to spring up, Lord, and give us that life eternal, Lord. And that's in your water. Lord, we just lift your word to you. We ask you to bless it, Lord God. Hallelujah. Lord, may your power and your presence and your love and your wisdom come out of the word and instruct us, Lord. Lord, be patient with us and discipline us. We are your children, Lord God. Guide us in the way that we should walk. For you are God, the most high, creator of heaven and earth. You put the earth on top of the waters. Your wisdom dispels the rain. Your wisdom gives gives us immunity, Lord, to the, all things. Thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ that's inside our blood system. And we are healed through the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Hallelujah. The devil is defeated. Jesus is truth. Amen. Satan is a liar. Jesus is the truth. Satan is defeated. Jesus is victor. Satan is out of here. And Jesus is Lord of our lives. Amen. Amen. He's Lord of everything. Um, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and read. Uh, but I just wanted to, you know, as I went to sleep last night, one of the things that I had underlined in yesterday's reading in Job chapter 30, 37, um, 14, um, it says, Pay attention to this, Job. Stop and consider the wonderful miracles of God. That's very, very powerful. Amen. Can you say it again in a prayer to God? Yeah. Okay. Father God, we just thank you, Lord. Thank you. We just take time to thank you for all the wonderful miracles that you have done in our lives, Lord, from bringing us together as a couple, Lord. It was ordained. That was a miracle, Lord, and our miracle wedding we had, Lord, and Father, the miracle life that we're living every day, we've got freedom, Lord. That's a miracle. We're breathing fresh air. That's a miracle, Lord. Father, you have provided for us. That's a miracle. Everything that's happened to us has been supernaturally come from heaven, Lord. Thank you for all that you're doing and continuing to do, Lord. The miracles that we have, Father, from the time when Fernando thanked you for the tire until he won $1,500 for the lottery, to the time that you eliminated $204,000 off of the mortgage, Thank and you, we're still Thank reaping you. from that, Lord. We're, we're reaping $1,000 a year off the mortgage, and next year, Father, we're going to reap even $5,000 off the mortgage. We just call that mortgage free and clear. We're uh, free of debt in the name of Jesus. It's a miracle. We believe God for outstanding miracles even more, Father. And there's so many more that we can record. I just wanted to point out today, Lord, that we're thankful, and we, we consider the miracles that you've given us, Lord. Miracles of trips to Hawaii in favor, Lord. It's just a miracle to be under your kingdom, and we walk in signs and wonders, Lord. Thank you. We just praise you. We thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, we stop and we consider the wonderful miracles of God. And a miracle of God is clean water. Water. Water, bless the water. Thank you, Lord, for the water that's in it, for Amen. the beloved water in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, I want to say, why didn't I bring that point up? You know, it was such a powerful thing. That gr- okay, so Job chapter 40, verse 1, please. And then the Lord said to Job, Do you still want to argue with the Almighty? 
You are God's critic, but do you have the answers? Then Job replied to the Lord, I'm nothing. How could I ever find the answers? I will cover my mouth with my hand. I have said too much already. I have nothing more to say. Then the Lord answered Job from the whirlwind. Wow, the Lord is in the whirlwind, in the chaos. Amen. Brace yourself like a man, because I have some questions for you, and you must answer them. Will you discredit my justice and condemn me just to prove you're right? Are you as strong as God? Can you thunder with a voice like His? All right, put, your gl put on your glory and splendor, your honor and majesty. Give vent to your anger. Let it overflow against the proud. Humiliate the proud with a glance. Walk on the wicked where they stand. Bury them in the dust. Imprison them in the world of the dead. Then even I would praise you for your own strength and would save you. Take a look at Behemoth, which I made just as I made you. It eats grass like an ox. See its powerful loins and the muscles of its belly. Its tail is as strong as a cedar. The sinews of the thigh of its thighs are knit tightly together. Um, its bones are tubes of bronze. Its limbs are bars of iron. It is a prime example of God's handiwork, and only its creator can threaten it. The mountains offer its offer it best their food. Where all the wild animals play, it lies under the lotus plants hidden by the reeds in the marsh. The lotus plants give it shade. Among the willows beside the stream, it is not disturbed by the raging river, not concerned when the swelling Jordan rushes around it. No one can catch it off guard or put a ring in its nose and lead it away. Can you catch Levathan with a hook? or put a noose around its jaw? Can you tie it with a rope through the nose or pierce its jaw with a spike? Will it beg you for mercy or implore you for pity? Will it agree with you? Will it agree to work for you, to be your slave for life? Can you make it a pet like a bird or give it to your little girls to play with? Will merchants try to buy it to sell it in their shops Will its hide be hurt by spears, or its head by a harpoon? If you lay a hand on it, you will certainly remember the battle that follows. You won't try that again. No, it's useless to try to capture it. The hunter who attempts it will be knocked down. And since no one dares to disturb it, who then can stand up to me? Who has given me anything that I need to pay back? Everything under heaven is mine. And, okay, I want to emphasize Leviathan's limbs and its enormous strength and graceful form. Who can strip off its hide and who can penetrate its double layer of armor? Who could pry open its jaws? For its teeth are terrible. Its scales are like rows of shields, tightly sealed together. They are so close. 
that no air can get between them. Each scale sticks tight to the next. They interlock and cannot be penetrated. When it sneezes, it flashes light. Its eyes are like the red of dawn. Lightning leaps from its mouth. Flames of fire flash out. Smoke streams from its nostrils, like steam from a pot heated over burning rushes. Its breath would kindle coals, for flames shoot from its mouth. The tremendous strength in Levithan's neck strikes terror wherever it goes. Its flesh is hard and firm and cannot be penetrated. Its heart is hard as a rock. Its heart is rock, hard as miles millstone. When it rises, the mighty are afraid, gripped by terror. No sword can stop it, no spear, dart, or javelin. Iron is nothing but straw to that creature. And bronze is like rotten wood. Arrows cannot make it flee. Stones shot from a sling are like bits of grass. Clubs are like a blade of grass. And it laughs at the swift of javelins. Its belly is covered with scales as sharp as glass. It plows up the ground as it drags through the mud. Levathan makes the water boil with its commotion. It stirs the depths like a pot. Avoidment. The water glistens in its wake, making the sea look white. Nothing on earth is its equal. No other creature so fearless of all the creatures. It is the proudest. It is the king of beasts. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do nothing, and no one can stop you. You asked, you can do anything. I know that you can do anything, and no one can stop you. No, then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do anything, and no one can stop you. You asked, who is this that questions my wisdom and with such ignorance? It is I, and I was talking about things I knew nothing about, things far too wonderful for me. You said, listen, and I will speak. I have some questions for you, and you must answer them. I only, I had only heard about you before, but now I've seen you with my own eyes. I take back everything I said, and I sit in dust and ashes to show my repentance. After the Lord had finished speaking to Job, he said to Eliphaz the Temanite, I'm angry with I'm angry with you and your two friends, for you have not spoken accurately about me, wow, as my servant Job has. So take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer a burnt offering for yourselves. My servant Job will pray for you and I will accept his prayer on your behalf. I will not treat you as you deserve, for you have not spoken accurately about me as my servant Job has. So Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shumite, and Zophar the Nemothite did as the Lord commanded them, and the Lord accepted Job's prayer. When Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes. In fact, the Lord gave him twice as much as before. Then all his brothers, sisters, and former friends came and feasted with him in his home, and they consoled him and com comfort him because of all the trials the Lord had brought against him and each of them brought him a gift of money and a gold ring so the Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life even more than the beginning
For now he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 teams of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. He also gave Job seven more sons and three more daughters, and he named his first daughter Himenah, and the second Kiza, and the third Karen Hapak. In all the land no women were as lovely as the daughters of Job, and their father put them into his will along with their brothers. Job lived 140 years after that, living to see four generations of his children and grandchildren. Then he died an old man, and he had lived a long, full life. Well, just exactly what Joseph Prince has been teaching about the long, satisfying life. This is beautiful. Um, let's see. You want me to read the study, or do you want to read it? Okay, I'll read the study. It okay. says, um, Joel 42, 12, 17. Why do believers experience trouble and suffering? Question mark. Through a long debate, Joe's supposedly wise friends were unable to answer this question. They make a serious error in assuming that trouble comes only because people sin. People make the same mistake today when they think sickness or poverty is a sign of unconfessed sin or a lack of faith. Normally, obeying God does lead to a happier life with the while rebels against God yield an unhappy life. But this is not always true. In our world invaded by sin, suffering comes to the good and to the bad alike. This doesn't mean that God isn't uncaring, unjust, or powerless to protect us. Bad things happen because we live in a broken world where all people, where all people suffer from the tragic consequence of sin. Though God allows evil for a time, He has the power to turn it around for a good. Romans 8.28 And God uses suffering in our lives to teach us faith and dependence on Him. His ultimate goal is not that we live an easy life, but that we grow closer to Him and become more like Him. In the end, we may not be able to understand why God allows evil, but we can be sure that He is all-powerful and knows what He's doing. Again, there you go. This guy is, this commentary is again, you know, the only way he can comment correctly is by using the New Testament to comment against, you know, whatever he derived from there. But again, this guy is, uh, I believe that if a person uh, worships and prays God, he's he's living on another dimension and uh, bad things just don't happen. That's what the Bible says, you know. Even though there is, it is a broken world, it's a risen thing, but an easy life is possible, you know, uh, because that's what Jesus says. I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. Uh, take my yoke upon you. Amen. Okay, and you, sh you know, and it will be easy, you know. And, you know, Jesus in the book of John, he's saying, hey, man, ask. Ask in my name. He, like, he's so excited. He goes, yeah. you know, you won the lottery. This is yeah. I mean, this is a high living here, you know. But I'm going to give you the, the, the wheat mm -hmm. of Jacob, the excellency. You know, well, you're going to live with the most high, you know. You're going to be world overcomers. Amen. So we just thank you, Lord, for the... Lord, we just ask you, Lord God. We ask you, Father in heaven, for your scriptures, Lord. For our inheritances from fathers, Lord. We thank you, Father God, that today we can say we are strong, we are rich because of what Jesus finished work on the cross. We, I am the inheritance of Jesus Christ.
in Christ. I am good. I am blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. A um, couple things, though. I think in looking, um, if you want to stay in the book of Job, um, stay at the end of it. You know, there's a couple, there's there's nuggets in all of it, of course, but the real meat is at the end. Amen. And, um, you know, of course, there's that one, the 28-28, which is the beginning of fear is the wisdom of the Lord, right? That's very important. I also like it when it talks about the dreams and visions of the night, but here it, here it sums it up so beautifully, um, where it says... Um, my place well I, one thing I want to point out is through trials God is in the whirlwind through the tornadoes of our life God is in that whirlwind you know and all the questioning that took place is like well you know, how about just surrendering your problem to me and and I can help you and um, so it says that twice in the book of Jones that God answered him from the whirlwind he, that was you know when the storm is there God is in your mix with you like we just read he's an ever present help in times of trouble in Psalm 46 right mm -hmm. so um, but the amazing thing is he God did get angry with those three guys he got angry why because they projected him incorrectly they portrayed him as an angry God who punishes you when you sin right mm -hmm. so that was what made God angry not portraying him correctly and so but here I like what Job has that eye-opening revelation he says I have only heard about you before but now I have seen you with my own eyes Amen. I've seen you with my own eyes I take everything back I said and I sit in the dust and ashes to show my repentance Amen. so in other words he turned his thoughts he repented. He turned his mind back toward God and who he was. So, Amen. So, um, you know, but God, still a merciful God, even though they portrayed him incorrectly, he says, go and bring these offerings to, to Job and have him pray for you. And so when they did that, God forgave them because... Um, There's a really good point that you're making right uh -huh. there because... Uh, it says, it says to bring your offering to Job, mm -hmm. and, and I mean, in other words, burn it to God, and Job, my servant, will pray for you, and I will accept. So here we go. Our job is to ask God in uh, reconciliation for our friends. Amen. And I like it. Well, when Job prayed, verse 10, for his friends, what did he pray? See, our job is to ask God that he forgive their friends. Uh -huh. Ask God that you restore the friends. Uh -huh. Ask God that they be in good standing with God. Amen. And God's job is to accept the prayer. Amen. And then Job, and this in fact, and God restored his fortunes. Now it's saying that Job got paid for doing that. He, you know, he prayed for his friends, but he got paid his fortunes. In fact, the Lord gave him twice as much. So right. Our job, is which we're going to read in 2 Corinthians 5, that's coming up right now, 11 and 21, mm -hmm. talks about reconciliation. And our experience is praying for our enemies, that we ask God 
that if they be forgiven, they be restored in right Amen. standing with Him. That's proper re- praying for person. You're not praying for, uh, you know, you're re- pray, praying for their for their hearts to be right with Jesus. Amen. Amen. Reconciliation. God forgives them for their. Mm-hmm. You're standing in the ways that God forgive them for their for their sins. Mm-hmm. Forgive them for their hearts, Lord, and, and you know they may they be your father, a father and a son be reconciled, and your and God's job is for acceptance. My job is to asking for my enemies. That is called reconciliation, and the fruit of the prayer is is more resources to keep doing what we're doing. Amen. You know, it it just this is like this is it. If I'm gonna you know the rest of the chapters, I kind of like. All the arguing that goes back and forth and the pleading and what did I do wrong, God, and, you know, why is this happening? All of that is really, at the end of the day, it does us nothing. It I does God nothing. Is, hey, beautiful. God has given us the key. If you have problems, go find some enemies and go uh, reconciliate, uh, pray for them. You know, then God will restore your fortunes. Yeah. That's the key. And, but There's the key. Yeah. And to look at it from a different perspective, you know, we always say, you know, I'm in a natural environment. I'm in a natural body here. But the supernatural is in heaven. And God is a supernatural God. He's, or, he's not ordinary. He's extraordinary. So what happens is when I do that, when I put my try to put my eyes through God's eyes, because I don't understand all the things that are taking place, His ways are always much higher. You know, if I put myself there and stop to look at all of the natural things going on and I focus on the invisible God, who I know created this earth and created all the, the you know boundaries in the sea. And you know, but others may not know. Right. So what I'm saying is I'm putting my, my emphasis on his sovereignty. And the only way to do that is through Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Thank you, God, I woke up today. Thank you, God, no matter what, my lips will praise you. No matter what, you're on that throne and nothing escapes you for what I'm going through. Amen. And, and you care about me. You're my daddy. Mm-hmm. And I trust you. Amen. You know, even if it's just that simple. Amen. We will see a change in down here because Amen. we went to the throne of heaven and to, to bring it down for others. For others also, you know, even from our circumstances. Well, it says right here, He will restore our fortunes. We don't know what our fortunes. We don't know what common wealth is, you know, or what you know. We really don't know what the taste of God's. Uh, abundant riches will be like because uh, you know our job is to is to pray for others that they be uh, ask God to restore those those his children in their hearts and it, it may be a way that he'll God will set up more trouble for them so they can get to a point where they can say uncle they can say God so we're actually yeah. doing God's will yeah. then he restores our fortune what are our fortunes we don't know our fortunes our fortunes could be, uh, uh, you know, jets, airplanes, uh, other nations, ambassadors. Yeah. Very important point there. You know, you often hear like when you need, when you're going through something, then pray for somebody who has that same problem as you. Well, God will bring them up. He'll give us a resentment. A very point, way really easy. Somebody will offend you. Yeah. But, <laughs> it's so easy. Yeah, Thank you, God, but, for but the let's, offenses. Let's take Christine for example. She's in our path. Well, she, you, you already hit payload with her. She, she's on her. We have to right. move on. That's that's my point. Oh. My point is, she's a woman in need. 
We've encouraged. We've prayed. She's blossoming. It's the right thing to do. To do what? To pray for the person who has the same need you do. Okay. Uh, well, they've taken case in point. Uh, they say first, it's a person that uh, doesn't like you. That Ooh, too. Who doesn't like me, Lord? Well, my neighbor right here to my left, he doesn't like me. <laughs> he doesn't talk to us. Yeah. We've said hi to him numerous times. And just, ah. When you think about it, that's a hard thing to do. So I'm so thankful for this guy. If I can break through, that he'll put exhibit A, pray for him. Yeah. Who else doesn't like me, Lord? Who else doesn't like me? Uh, um, I don't like myself. I'm kidding. But my point being, like, when I went to my uncle's house and got the pomegranates, and Linda, she's hurting in her health. Okay, babe. But we're so, talking about people that don't know God and need salvation. Reconciliation. Those people, they're already in, and they need to pray for their enemies. Okay, we, we have to give fresh supplies, fresh experiences. Give me a, a... I'm not saying what you're saying is wrong. I'm just saying... It's a hard thing to do when you're in a situation to pray for that person that say you need healing and it's hard for you and you're in pain, but you got another person over here with cancer and now you begin to pray for that person. There's something that happens. There's something that happens. Okay. Just like what this. Right I here. agree. I agree. Okay. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for the people that are sick in our lives. Lord, we ask you to fix them up. Jesus, fix them up with your blood that you paid on the cross. We ask you for the sinners out there, Lord God, my neighbor and everyone else, Lord God. We ask you that you open their hearts and let Jesus come in and make a miracle in their hearts. We pray, Lord God, for our enemies, Lord, that you restore them, Lord, in right standing with you Amen. from the creations of the earth. We call them forth, Lord, and command Satan to get your hands off of them, Lord. We pray that they will worship you, read the Bible, enjoy salvation. And do good works, Lord. We just pray for our enemies, Lord. We ask it of you. Lord, we ask that they be uh, restored, Lord. Restored into right positions. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, just... Um... Okay, Second Corinthians chapter oh, 5, 11 and 21. Because we, Paul and his co-workers, understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord. We work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere, and I hope you Corinthians know this too. Are we commending ourselves to you again? No, we are giving you a reason to be proud of us. So you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. It is, if it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it is... For your benefit. Either way, Christ loves, controls. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive this new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. 
This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead. Come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering of our sins, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Amen. Beautiful. Amen. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus right there. Would you please uh, read the uh, commentary? People who put their faith in Christ are brand new people inwardly. The Holy Spirit gives them new life. They're no longer the same. We're not reformed, rehabilitated, or re-educated. We are recreated. Living in a vital union with Christ, Colossians 2, 6-7. At conversion, we don't merely turn over a new leaf. We begin a new life under a new master. While the newness is true in our personal lives, Paul is claiming a much larger territory for the new creation. Not only are believers changed from within, but all of creation is being renewed. A whole new order began with Christ's coming and sacrificial death. There's a new covenant, a new perspective, a new body, a new church. Look around you. This is not a superficial change that will be quickly superseded by another novelty. This is an entirely new order of creation with Christ over all. This involves a new way of looking at everything. Does your life reflect this new perspective you better believe it we say yes and amen. Yes, amen that's beautiful that's exactly what we've been talking about reconciliation can i go ahead and read the psalms um you want? Wow. <coughs> so, so it looks like that's what we uh pray for people we pray for we pray for uh the new life, the new man, to come into him through Christ Jesus. That's uh, that's what our job is, right? That's what it's saying right here. We're ambassadors yeah, of God, and we're, this is the task. making his appeal through us and, and to people. Uh -huh. I think after we pray for them, then God opens the way for Amen. us to make yes. our appeal. Yes. But we, we first labor in the heavens right Amen. now on the earth. Amen. You know, that's why we're here, because others... We can't do it when we're in heaven. No. We can do it right now. We can change. Right. We can change the heavenlies, and then the, pe the 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 numbers will open up. The people that are slated to come into heaven. Yeah. Um, real important. It says in number eighteen, and all this is a gift from. It says this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift. Okay. There we go with. The gift of grace, right? Amen. We don't have to earn it. And who brought us back to himself through Christ, okay? And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. It says, for God was in Christ, reconciling the word 
to himself, and here very important, no longer counting people's sins against them. Amen. 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 I thank you, Heavenly Father God, for our brothers and sisters, Lord God. We ask you, Lord, that Lord, that you will accept them into your kingdom, Lord God. And Lord, we ask you that they once and for all become brand new creatures, Lord God, in your blood through your Son, Jesus Christ. We ask you for all our brothers and sisters. We ask you, Lord, right now for Yolanda, that she be reconciled with you. Truly a new person, just Amen. loving you, Lord. All things will pass away. Behold, all things become new. I ask you for Chewy, my brother Jesus, Lord, that you will receive his heart and reconcile him. Make him a new person, Lord. Amen. Individually trustworthy, Lord, rejoicing with you for his newfound life. We thank you for Linda. We thank you you open her heart and give her a new creature, Lord. And we thank you for Eva, Lord, and Carlos, Lord. We thank you for opening their hearts, Lord God. And we ask you, Lord God, that they too be renewed, remade, reconciled with you, Lord God. Amen. We thank you, Lord God, that they're full of the Holy Spirit and full of the new life, Lord. We thank you for Anthony and Fernando for their new life. We thank you for Anthony's new life, Lord, that he be reconciled to you, Lord, made brand new, new creature. And Nicole, Lord, Nancy Nicole, Lord, and her husband, Lord. We pray for her family. Lord, we thank you, Father, and we thank you for Anna's parents that yes, they Lord. be reconciled new creatures in Christ Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, that they 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 call on you, Lord. Amen. They claim you. Amen. They rejoice in you. They're new Amen. creatures, Lord. Amen. And that's coming forward, Lord. We thank you Amen. for Jesse and Amalia yes, and, and that family yes, that be reconciled to you, Lord. And, and bubbling over with love for the Lord as Amen. new creatures in Christ Jesus. We thank you for Gloria and her Amen. and her girls, Lord, yes, and her Lord. families, Lord. We thank you that you be reconciled, that their hearts will be overflowing with the new creatures in their hearts, Lord, new creations in Christ Jesus. And also for Isabel and Danny, Lord, yes, Lord. and Anthony and Samantha. Amen. And we pray for those children that they will be overflow, Lord. And Jay and Levancy, Lord, and Xavier and Brandy, Lord, we thank you for their, and we thank you, Father, for Marina, Lord God, and, and her family, that they be reconciled to you, Lord God. And, yes, and bless Joel, Lord, and his family. We thank you that they're, they're bursting over with a new man in Christ Jesus. We pray for Andrea and Antonio, Lord God, that they be reconciled to you. Thank you, Lord. We give them to you, Lord. And we just thank you for the people that are involved in our lives, Lord. Yes, Lord. We thank you, Father God, that you reconcile, especially uh, Yolanda and Eva, Lord God, Amen. that burst forth with love Amen. for you, Lord. Amen. And we thank you, Father God, that all will work out well. We Amen. thank you for Chewy, that he's the leader, and Carlos, their leader in Christ Jesus, doing your works, Lord, Amen. mightily. We, we thank you for all their children, Lord God, and Chris and Jimmy and... And we thank you that you're protecting them. We thank you for Donnie and David and the children over there, that you're reconciled, Reuben and, Amen. and Reuben Gina, Gina, to you, Lord, that they overflow in Jesus' name. And, Lord, I just, I just, Father, that Jesus would be the center of every family member, Lord. Yes, um, Lord, we pray not for old, God. Not old religion, traditions, but Jesus is at the center, and they know that they are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and that their sins have been forgiven. Lord, I pray that they would receive 
this gift of righteousness and the abundance of grace, Father, that they will all reign in life, Lord. Both both sides of our family are reigning in, in Christ Jesus, Lord, and they are become your ambassadors, Lord, that they become uh, open, Father, to ministering the good news of the gospel, Father. And Father, you've created every single family member, predestined this before the foundations of the world, Lord. You've created them to walk in good works. I pray that all are going to begin to walk in their 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 works that you've designed for them, Father. Their destinies, their purpose, Lord. You have a, this word. Your word says that you have a destiny for everyone. Everyone has a destiny and a purpose on this planet, Lord. And we pray that that would be coming to blossoming and they begin to flourish and walk in those those steps as you ordered them, Lord. And we thank you, Father, for you're such a gracious, kind, compassionate God, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I agree, Lord. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the Psalms 45, Psalm 45, 1 through 17. As part of the church, prepare yourself like a bride, prepare for her wedding. Prepare your heart to honor Christ. Psalm 45, 1 through 17. Beautiful words stir my heart. I will recite a lovely poem about the king, for my tongue is like the pen of a skillful poet. You are the most handsome of all. Gracious words stream from your lips. God himself has blessed you forever. Put on your sword, O mighty warrior. You are so glorious, so majestic. In your majesty, ride out to victory, defending truth, humility, and justice. Go forth to perform all inspiring deeds. Your arrows are sharp, piercing your enemy's heart. The nations fall beneath your feet. Your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. You rule with a scepter of justice. You love justice and hate evil. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you, pouring out the oil of joy on you more than on anyone else. Myrrh, aloe, and cassia perfume your robes. In ivory palaces, the music of strings entertains you. King's daughters are among your noble women. At your right side stands the queen, wearing jewelry of finest gold from Ophir. Listen to me, O royal daughter. Take to heart what I say. Forget your people and your family far away, for your royal husband delights in your beauty. Honor him, for he is your lord. The princess of Tyre will shower you with gifts. The wealthy will beg your favor. The bride of princess looks glorious in her golden gown. In her beautiful robe, she is led to the king, accompanied by her bridesmaids. What a joyful and enthusiastic procession as they enter the king's palace. Your sons will become like their father. You will make them, your sons will become kings like their father. You will make them rulers over many lands. I will bring honor to your name in every generation. Therefore, the nations will praise you forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 22:14, the mouth of an immoral woman is a dangerous trap. Those who make the Lord angry will fall into it. Okay, thank you, Lord. Welcome to today's reading of 365-year Bible for October the 8th. God, give us ears to hear, eyes to see. Father God, we ask you, Lord God, for your presence, for your glory, and your honor to be evident 
that we have spent time with you. Enlighten us, instruct us, and delight in our ways, in our steps, Lord, as we read and understand and take in your word, Lord. Bless it, Lord. Bless it that it will be a remembrance of you, Lord, in honor of your name as we read your word. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to be, be the appropriation for our sins and continually be our master, savior. And thank you for the Holy Spirit, Lord, that teaches us all things concerning Jesus and reminds us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being with us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for that honor. You're here living with us, in us, protecting us, guiding us, counseling us, instructing us, disciplining us, and teaching us in the way that we should go. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for loving us and not giving up on us and continually communicate with us. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we give you the praise and the glory. Amen. Today's reading is Jeremiah chapter 10 to 11, verse 23. Hear the word that the Lord speaks to you, O Israel. This is what the Lord says. Do not act like other nations who try to read their future in the stars. Do not be afraid of their predictions, even though other nations are terrified by them. Their ways are futile and foolish. They cut down a tree and a craftsman carved an idol. They decorate it with gold and silver and then fasten it securely with hammer and nails so it won't fall over. Their gods are like helpless scarecrows in a cucumber field. They cannot speak and they need to be carried because they cannot walk. Do not be afraid of such gods, for they can neither harm you nor do you any good. Lord, there is no one like you, for you are great and your name is full of power. Who would not fear you? O kings of nations, that title belongs to you alone. Among all the wise people of the earth and in all the kingdoms of the world, there is no one like you. People who worship idols are stupid and foolish. The things they worship are made of wood. They bring beaten sheets of silver from Tarshish and gold from Upas, and they give these materials to skillful craftsmen who makes their idols. And they dress these gods in royal blue and purple robes made by expert tailors. But the Lord is the only true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. Again, the Lord is the only true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. The whole earth trembles at his anger. The nations cannot stand up to his wrath. Say this to those who worship other gods. Your so-called gods who did not make the heaven and earth will vanish from the earth and from under the heaven. But God made the earth by his power and he perseveres by his wisdom. With his own understanding, he stretched out the heavens. When he speaks in the thunder, the heavens roar with rain. It causes the clouds to rise over the earth. He sends the lightning with the rain and releases the wind from his storehouses. The whole human race is foolish and has no knowledge. The craftsmen are disgraced by the idols they make, for their careful shape works are a fraud. 
These idols have no breath or power. Idols are worthless. They are ridiculous lies. On the day of reckoning, they will all be destroyed. But the God of Israel is no idol. He is the creator of everything that exists, including Israel. His own special possession, the Lord of heaven's armies, is his name. Pack your bags and prepare to leave. The siege is about to begin. For this is what the Lord says. Suddenly I will fling out all of you who live in this land. I will pour great troubles upon you, and at last you will feel my anger. My wounds is severe, and my grief is great. My sickness is incurable, but I must bear it. My home is gone, and no one is left to help me rebuild it. My children have been taken away, and now I will never see them again. The shepherds of my people have lost their senses. They no longer seek wisdom from the Lord. Therefore, they fail completely, and their flocks are scattered. Listen, hear the terrifying roar of great armies as they roll down from the north. The towns of Judah will be destroyed and become a hunt for jackals. I know, Lord, that our lives are not our own. We are not able to plan our own course. So correct me, Lord, but please be gentle. Do not correct me in anger, for I would die. Pour out your wrath on the nations that refuse to acknowledge you, on the peoples that do not call upon your name. For they have devoured your people Israel. They have devoured and consumed them, making the land a desolate wilderness. The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, Remind the people of Judah and Jerusalem about the terms of my covenant with them. Say to them, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Curse is anyone who does not obey the terms of my covenant. For I said to your ancestors when I brought them out of the iron smelting furnace of Egypt, If you obey and do whatever I command you, then you will be my people, and I will be your God. I said this so I could keep my promises to your ancestors to give you a land flowing with milk and honey, the land you live in today. Then I replied, Amen, Lord. May it be so. Then the Lord said, Broadcast this message in the streets of Jerusalem. Go from town to town throughout the land and say, Remember the ancient covenant and do everything it requires. For I solemnly warn your ancestors when I brought them out of Egypt, Obey me. Obey me. Obey me. I have repeated this warning over and over to this day, but your ancestors did not listen or even pay attention. Instead, they stubbornly followed their own evil desires. And because they refused to obey, I brought upon them all the curses described in this covenant. Again, the Lord spoke to me and said, I have discovered a conspiracy against me among the people of Judah and Jerusalem. They have returned to the sins of their forefathers. They have refused to listen to me and are worshiping other gods. Israel and Judah have both broken the covenant I made with their ancestors. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I am going to bring calamity upon them and they will not escape. 
Though they beg for mercy, I will not listen to their cries. Then the Lord of Judah and Jerusalem will pray for their idols and burn incense before them. But the idols will not save them when disaster strikes. Look, now, people of Judah, you have as many gods as you have towns. You have as many altars of shame, altars for burning incense to your god Baal, as there are streets in Jerusalem. Pray no more to these people. Jeremiah, do not weep or pray for them, for I will not listen to them when they cry out to me in distress. What right do my beloved people have to come to my temple when they have done so many immoral things? Can their vows and sacrifice prevent their destruction? They actually rejoice in doing evil. I, the Lord, once called them a thriving olive tree, beautiful to see and full of good fruit. But now I have sent the fury of their enemies to burn them with fire, leaving them charred and broken. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, who planned this olive tree, have ordered it destroyed. For the people of Israel and Judah have done evil, arousing my anger by burning incense to Baal. Then the Lord told me about the plots my enemies were making against me. I was like a lamb being led to the slaughter. I had no idea that they were planning to kill me. Let's destroy this man and all his words, they said. Let's cut him down so his name will be forgotten forever. O Lord of heaven's armies, you make righteous judgments, and you examine the deepest thoughts and secrets. Let me see your vengeance against them, for I have committed my cause to you. This is what the Lord says about the men of Anathoth, who wanted me dead. They had said, We will kill you if you do not stop prophesying in the Lord's name. So this is what the Lord of Heaven's army says about them. I will punish them. Their young men will die in battle, and their boys and girls will starve to death. No one of those plotters from Anathoth will survive, for I will bring disasters upon them when their time of punishment comes. Today's study, in our own time, we recognize that those who worship a block of wood or a ghost statue are foolish, even though the wood is carved well and looks beautiful. But many people put their trust in other things, such as power or pleasure or wealth or technology or TikTok. Such trust is a form of worship. Making idols out of these things is just as foolish as making idols out of wood, stone, or metal. No matter how well made or how beautiful idols are, they are lifeless. They can never have the power of life of the true and living God. Are these things you put your trust in besides God? Are these things you put your trust in besides God? Perhaps it is yourself or other people, your country or your family. None of these things can take care of you completely. God made the earth and the heavens and he promises to guide you. He knows your future and will be with you in every way. Commit yourself to trust him 
before anything or anyone else. Commit to your ways to the Lord and and you shall prosper. Commit your steps and the Lord will delight in your goings in and out. He is a loving father and he he does love us as we include him in our plans. Amen. There was a question asked. It says, what makes the Lord God uniquely different from other gods of the ancient world? And we say, duh. For one, when we stump our toes, we cry out to him. From the moment of his call to the Lord's messenger, Jeremiah testified that the living God is the creator of all things, including time and space. God is not part of nature. Rather, he created and rules nature. Those who believe in many gods identify their deities with the natural world. As a result, they easily misunderstand the nature of the one true God. Nature, deities, and their images were false, lifeless, and immovable. Jeremiah 10. They could not communicate with people or relate to individuals. They could not even move because they had no power to do so. The Lord God is uniquely different from those nature gods. As creator, God stands completely separated from the things he has created. He has always existed as the living God. He is the intelligent designer who decree that the universe should function according to his laws. He gave life to the plants and animals found on the earth, and he endowed each with the power to reproduce and multiply. God is present everywhere and knows all things. He is the living God of love, holiness, justice, and power. As the one true living God, the Lord relates personally to his special made humans. Despised being completely different from them, he reaches out the lives into the lives of individuals and reveals his will so that each person can understand God's desire and respond to him. The Lord who created all things seeks an individual relationship with each person he has created for for pleasure, for contentment, for being pleased, for humor, for laughter, for joy, for love. God is on our side. He is not against us. Amen.